0: Hey everybody, good morning, good afternoon, what good evening, again, same same, same intro, yeah. we do a lot man. of the same man, yeah, but feels good to be back in the saddle man, we haven't been sitting here in a long time, a couple of weeks maybe, yeah, less no. than that, less than that,
1: no. Last you, time... you exaggerate a little bit, but yeah. we're, we're here and we have a really special one today, we do, well, they're all special.
0: They all are, and we say that every time. This is a special one. We're excited about it, but
1: we really are. Yeah. It's special. He's a good friend of, of the podcast. Designer of clothes. Yeah, probably uh, have have one of his shirts on right now, you listeners. Yeah, or guys... t shirt, hat.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually, right now I'm wearing the chasing birdies. Uh, I guess it's a quarter zip. This
1: quarter zip, quarter zip. zip? Uh, that's a quarter zip polar tech. It's polar the tech. warmest piece of clothing that yes. uh Link Soul put out. Makes.
0: I mean, I wore that it's, po- it's I wore awesome. that Polar Tech zip up I used to have, play golf in it, hoodie in Oregon. It was like twenty eight degrees and windy, and that polar tech really kept you warm.
1: Well, you had Steve Peering in your cart too, so that he probably keeps you warm. He's a little teddy bear, huh? You know,
0: laughing at Steve, uh Steve is a I guess. Runs the whole East Coast division for Link Soul in, in terms of sales. So, a lot I of y'all. I think he man, really
1: does, though. Or is that just what he tells
0: us? Who knows? You know, he, he talks a lot and, and we love him to death. But again, he's a big teddy bear. The jury's out on that one. But no, he, uh, he was my partner. So, I was warm actually because I was laughing so damn hard at the Link Soul two man <laughs> event in Bend, Oregon. We, I have great footage. Steve, if you're listening, man, I got that great footage of you out there on the fairway. We'll, we'll but,
1: post it the day this drops. Uh, we'll, we'll post we'll post a video of Steve um, hitting some shots. Yeah, a attempting. lot of fun.
0: But getting back to the whole thing, Link Soul, everyone, you know, right now we have our promo code Chasing Birdies twenty five. We have on our podcast today John Ashworth, the founder uh, of Link Soul, mm-hmm. and and he um,
1: found another company that you guys uh, are pro- probably familiar with. Ashworth Golf. Yeah. And he's no longer a part of it. He is now with Link Soul and his business partner, Jeff Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Uh they do a awesome job over there. Uh I know Ryan, you talk about their clothes a lot. Mm-hmm. Their boardwalker short is the best. I'll uh, tell you how good it is. Tell me. It was about five years ago. We're at Pete Dye Golf Club. Where's that? And uh That's in West Virginia, bud. You've been there a few times. We're at Pete Dye Golf Club. We're playing a a big old scramble. And um, my team, we're in the front left part of the green on number four, which is a par three, lake on the left, front left, ball location, back right, pin location. And one of our buddies says, hey, Pep, if one of us makes this putt, you got to jump in (laughs) the lake. And uh, my father – uh, was the first one up, and he made the snake. <laughs> Off came the shirt, jumped in the lake, and I uh, had the boardwalkers on, so I could play the rest of the day is my point. It's a bathing suit.
0: Yeah, that's, da. Nah.
1: Yeah. yeah that so you was, played the rest of the day with that. With those shorts on, yeah. and it was like I was in a bathing suit. So anyways, if you haven't worn them, try them out. Uh, John Ashworth, he's coming in hot right now. Mm-hmm. Awesome stories from how he started to how it's going. Yeah,
0: I think we should roll it in.
1: Let's tap it on over.
0: Tap it in. Here we go. As you all know by now, Chase and Birdies is proud to be partners with Holderness and Born. Check them out online at hbgolf.com. Holderness and Born makes fabulous pieces that help you look good on the course, even if your game is not up to par. Check out their new arrivals now for this golf season. Also, head on over to chasinbirdies.com to get some custom Chasen Birdie gear from Holderness and Born. We'll continue to drop these pieces through every season. That's chasinbirdies.com and Holderness and Born at HBGolf.com. Could not be more excited about this guest. Uh, this guy, in three words cool, humble, and he, he is absolutely one of the smartest businessmen I've ever been around. Um, John Ashworth, founder of Link Soul.
2: Sounds like I got you pulled pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, hey, proofs in a pudding, man. I mean, you, you've, done, uh, yeah. you've done a
0: lot of good stuff o- over the years, and um, now we're so happy to have you on the pod. So, let's just jump right into this, John. I know you're out in uh, Oceanside, correct? Yes, sir. Going back to your roots, um, you know, getting back to to when you grew up. How how did you come in, into the game of golf and what what kind of got you into the the clothing industry back in 1987?
2: Well, I came from pretty deep-rooted golf family, I guess. My my both my grandparents on my dad's side were were really good really good golfers, uh, you know, back in the Twenties and thirties and forties and stuff like that, and then of course my dad, you know, being in that environment he he played golf early and and grew up in the game and then um, uh, and so when when I was about i suppose eight eight years old, uh, you know my dad would, he was a school teacher, my mom was a nurse, so very you know super middle class you know mm-hmm. American pie kind of deal out here. and uh, I had four sisters and a brother brother's four years older. you know hank he was more into baseball mm-hmm. time he he came to golf later really i mean he played a little bit back then but he was more of a baseballer but anyway my mom had this big plan to have us all go to sunday school back in the, you know the late 60s i don't know maybe there was a lot of stuff going down and, and she felt that might anchor us or whatever and so um so i went to sunday school i didn't know what i was getting myself into and you know i went and it was uh you know, you're, it's a beautiful day and you're in this, you know, classroom all day, you know, four walls, you know, not understanding what the teacher's talking about, and didn't know any of the kids. And I, you know, I guess I came home and I was just complaining, like, hey man, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> you know, I don't want to do this. School's it, not for everyone, Yeah, right? Sunday school, you know, and then, uh, so I guess I was being such a pain in the butt. My parents said okay look you you got your choice you either go to sunday school or you can go caddy for your dad and because so, he had this standing force on, on sunday and uh you know don patrol deal and i was like oh i'm in there's no two ways about it sign me up for caddy and so
1: so you lugged the old uh, big belting bag leather bag well
2: like no that. he had a pole cart which was great and you know i'm sure he was probably pull, pulling me half the time but uh you know i was that, so that's how I got introduced to golf. I'd go caddy for him on Sunday mornings with his buddies. You know, they were good golfers, and they had a, they all walked. And uh, you know, so it was really nice. You know, looking back, I mean, I spent you know four or five hours with my dad on Sunday with a bunch of really good adult people, and you know, talking about life and stuff, and giving each other a hard time at times. You know, so I think I think if you can teach a kid. You know that sort of you know ethic at an early age just becomes part of their you know makeup and I think in my case that's what happened and uh and I got hooked on golf from there I started playing myself you know right after that. Well,
1: well, then you had a you had an unbelievable amateur career and that's where that led you to University of Arizona, correct?
2: Yeah, I I started playing junior golf really as a nine year old and you know. Just loved it, loved the competition and just getting out there. And I played, yeah, I got, you know, I I was pretty good as a kid for sure. Won a few tournaments and San Diego City Junior and, you know, just some other stuff around the area and uh, got a scholarship to Arizona. You know, had a very mediocre, you know, college golf career. You know, when you're you're young, you think, oh, I'm going to go on the tour. But then when I got done with college, it's like, holy shit. I'm not I, right.
1: You start seeing who you're playing yeah, against, and I can't everything beat else. those
2: guys, <laughs> you know, realistically, mm-hmm. anyway. So then you
1: start looking for career opportunities, right?
2: And I still didn't know what the heck I was going to do. I ended up getting my degree in agronomy, oddly enough, which is uh, turf grass, you know, study of turf grass management because I felt like I, I wanted to be around golf no matter what. I could either be a superintendent or maybe get into golf course design. I felt like there was a few avenues there if I got, you know, could keep me around the game of golf. So, so I'm happy I did it. I didn't really use it for, you know, my whole life until kind of now at Goat Hill Park. I'm Mm -hmm. not that I'm using it, but it's, i i I feel like it's not crazy to be out working on the course you know and stuff so
1: for the listeners we'll we'll get into the goat hill park uh, segment in a little bit and let them tell you a little bit about this place because it's special sorry about the the cutoff but continue yeah no
2: no that's fine uh so after college i kind of just you know floundered around i did a couple things i was actually an assistant pro at a golf course for a, a minute you know maybe eight months and then uh you know, sold insurance, I, you know, I worked, uh, a couple other little odd things. And then, and then my buddy, Mark Wiebe, uh, who I grew up with playing junior golf and high school golf and stuff. He, you know, he was good enough to make it on the tour. And he was, he was a couple, he was like a year and a half, two years ahead of me. And, uh, and he was trying to get his card, but he was kind of, you know, back then you could actually do it twice a year. And he was, uh, he was close, but he, he missed, he missed out. Like, you know, his first six times by a little bit. And he, he came to me and said, Hey, you know, why don't you caddy for me, you know, in the mini tours leading up to it. And then we'll, we'll make a run at trying to get, you know, go to tour school. And uh, he had a sponsor and he had some mini tour events lined up. And I was like, Hey, that sounds great. I'm, I'm in, you know, so I got to escape the real world for a minute there and be a caddy. And it was great. Cause we, you know, he was, he would win some money in the mini tour. You know, he'd always either finish first, second, or third, it seemed like, every time. And then we went to do the, you know, the sectionals and the regionals and then qualify, qualify, and then went to the final stage back at TPC Sawgrass and, uh, you know, went through six rounds of grueling tour school. And, and he made it, you know, he made it easy, really. And so I went and caddied. I figured if he made it, I was going to go caddy for a year on the tour and just kind of travel around and see the country. And
1: just to experience it. And,
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. You know, it's like being with a circus. It was, a, it was, a, this was like 1984, you know, and it was just, uh, it was just a blast. I mean, he didn't, he didn't play particularly well, um, made a few cuts, but I tell people, it's funny, you know, as a caddy, you know, you get, I was getting $250 a week plus five percent wow. of what he won, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, 1984, you know, went a little bit farther, but not that much. Yeah. And then, uh, but I think he won about twenty grand a year so wow oh, five five percent didn't really yeah. get up too much but uh, but it was a great experience oh my god it was it was amazing and I you know I think that planted the seed you know a couple of things about getting in the clothing business after that was the fact that you know in college I couldn't stand our uniforms at all it was really a you know
1: all oh, about it
2: I was pretty yeah, it's pretty particular in what I wanted to wear, you know, way all the time. And then, um, you know, in college, it was like these really bad polyester uniforms. And they they
1: give you these uniforms, and you have to wear them. Uh, so yeah, there's, yeah, There's, yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no yeah. ifs ands or buts. It doesn't matter your style.
2: No. no, like a red polyester Sansa belt slack with a, you know, it was just gross. I was know? wearing
1: Tommy Hilfiger in college. Sizes I was wearing double XL. It was handed me down from the team before. It was terrible. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. anyway that and then traveling around the country seeing what everybody was wearing I was sort of like oh my god that's just the clothing so bad <laughs> you know but it, I didn't think of it then but then I went and Mark's sponsor was a guy named Jerry Montiel and he and I became friends and mm. I after a year I was like okay I, I gotta go figure out what I'm gonna do with my life you know and and, uh, and so he offered me a job uh, being a a manager and a buyer for a sporting goods store that he was starting in Denver, Colorado. So I moved to Denver and, uh, and I was like his first employee basically. And, uh, and that was a great experience because I got to see all the lines and buy all the stuff for a shop.
1: Well, you got to see the retail um, side of it too. So that's important whenever you get into manufacturing and then the wholesale and then going to the retail.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So I got, I got to see it from that side of the, you know, right. fence and, uh, you know, and, you know, learned a lot. Unfortunately for Jerry, you know, the economy in 1985, 86 wasn't very good uh, and super big inflation, you know, interest rates were like mm-hmm. 15%. It was, it was weird. It was a weird time. So it didn't really work for him. So he said, Hey, if you close, if you stay on and help me close this up, we'll figure, he was very entrepreneurial spirit. He goes, we'll figure some other business out. Mm-hmm. I go, okay. So we trudged through that, which was a terrible experience, but it was actually a good experience because, you know, you just never want to go into things, you know, hopefully they, hopefully they succeed. Right. So, so through that, you know, he said, well, what, you know, what do you think would work? And I said, well, I really think there's a, I think there's a real opening for, you know, a lifestyle clothing company that, you know, is easier to wear and feels better and looks better than all this crap that I'm looking at. So he said, bingo, you know, I think, you know, so off we went, really.
1: That was it. There it is. Yeah, 1987. So,
2: 1987,
1: you start your own clothing line, which, again, at that time, you've made it clear you don't have a lot of money. No. You just have some life experiences, and you kick off this clothing line because you see this vision, how you want people, not necessarily want people to dress, but what you like in clothing. And so you, well, yeah,
2: giving them, giving them an option. I always think of it as giving people options, you know, and, uh, so you start you know, Ashworth.
1: Choices. Yeah. And, uh, take us through that because uh, again, I was just talking to somebody the other day. I mean, even if you did not play golf, I mean, you, somebody, you had an Ashworth shirt somewhere in your closet. Oh yeah. It was just a staple of <laughs> yeah everyone's style. Mm hmm. Um, so take us yeah. through that and, and I really want to lead into how, how you got, I mean, you look at the names that you had, you had Ernie Els, you had John Cook, you had Freddie Couples. I mean, Freddie Couples and Ernie Els are two of the coolest scouts. Yeah. yeah. studs.
2: Yeah, no, very fortunate. I mean, when we started the company, you know, we scraped together some friends and family money and, you know, even my, my dad cost in, you know, seven grand, we were doing this thing where, you know. I think we raised about 150 grand just to get started and uh 7 7000 dollar chunks and uh and that got us to, you know, I mean just me and my partner and and you know we we scraped by I moved, I moved to LA right right away and and kind of set up shop and I didn't know what I was doing really but it was kind of the school of hard knocks and I felt I either had to move to New York and LA or LA so you know, being a West coast guy, I thought I'll I'll find my way around LA. So I moved there and, um, and then kind of thought like, you know, it would be great to get, you know, a couple of guys that would really represent this, you know, this field, this vibe that we're trying to create. And, you know, obviously, you know, playing college golf, you know, against Fred couples and against John cook and stuff like that. I knew those guys a little bit. I didn't know them really, really well or anything, but I, you know, and also catting on the tour. So I just approached them and said, Hey, this is what we're trying to do. You know, we don't have any cash but we can cut you into the ownership of the company with some stock and stuff like that and um and and they you know, they were all in. You know, they they liked the idea, they liked what we were doing and they said, We're in, you know, so that was that was before we really I mean we basically had a couple of samples, mm-hmm. you know, and um you know it was different back in those days. I mean there wasn't it wasn't like it is now, you know, with so many big companies involved, it was more of a cottage industry. And, um, well,
1: yeah. And right now know, the money's but, just flying around, uh, for sponsorships yeah. back then. It was a, it was a relationship to get that. And that's why I think the Ernie Els story that you have, how you found Ernie Els, how you got him to close is one of the coolest stories I've heard. So if you can tell the listeners, well, later about I that, have the,
2: I hope I have the right story. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but no, he, he, what the, my my recollection was the fact that I I kind of knew him him on the radar. He was really young. I mean, he was twenty years old, but he was playing in the British Open, and he went up to our guy. We had a, we had an agent over there. By that time, it was probably was it ninety two? I don't know. Was it ninety two or ninety three or something like that? So we had a nice trajectory, you know, uh, in the you know the whole time really it was crazy I mean we would, we were like doubling every year i don't know how we did it to be mm-hmm. honest with you because i think back and it's like you know there was no there was no cell phones there was no personal computers yeah. it was we had a fax machine i mean that was that's, it, yeah, that's crazy know? i mean i don't even know how the heck we did it to be honest with you it's, it's mind-blowing but um, but anyway so paul gilbert our agent over in the uk goes hey you know this kid Ernie Els came by the stand and, and, you know, he wants to wear a clothes and I, and I had already kind of knew of him. And I thought, well, yeah, give him whatever he wants, you know? Right. And then, you know, and then we got hooked up after that and we, and we you know, we talked and sure enough, we, 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 I can't remember what we figured out, but we, we brought him on board and he became this, you know, you know amazing Ernie Els kid, you know, went to yeah. a couple of US right. Opens and all that stuff. So um yeah, we were very, very fortunate in our, you know, on our guys. And, uh, and I think we did a really good job of, uh, creating a brand and, and with them and around them with really beautiful black and white photography and kind of timeless. It was uh, so cool. I, 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 I don't was,
1: forget the advertising yeah. you had. You had the magazines that were black and white. Yeah. You even, I remember having the t-shirt, the black and white yeah. t-shirt Ashworth, and yeah. you had Ernie on it and Freddie and, yeah. Just the marketing. I mean, I at that time, I was seven, eight years old. But mm. Ashworth was in wow. your face, and, and you followed it because of those guys. I mean, so you have Ernie Els, 1992, Masters Tournament, Freddie Couples wins. What does that yeah. do? I, I don't think people understand what that does to a brand when somebody can win a major. And, and you know, real quick, you know, something like Justin Thomas yesterday, he wins wearing Grayson – and he's not even getting paid. Great. I, I bet you yeah. Grayson's Monday morning has been really nice. So what does that do yeah. whenever somebody like that wearing your clothes wins, especially the Masters?
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's huge, really. I mean, it's, uh, it's hard to even put it into uh, any kind of, you know, scale. But, it, you know, for us at the time, I mean, yeah, we were, like I said, we were kind of like almost doubling our revenue every year. You know, we went from zero to, you know, 90 million in 10 years from nothing. That's unreal. So,
1: I mean, it's that's know. just hard work and at the right time. To...
2: Yeah, it was just timing and luck and hard work and, you know, everything rolled up into one. And, you know, good people, always got to have good people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that goes, that's like the, at the top of the list, uh, mm-hmm. all the way through the company, you know, people that care and, you know, are into it and, you know. It's, it's really important, but, but then all the other stuff, you know.
0: Comes in, falls in line. Combined, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and at uh, that, that point in time, I mean, you had to make sure the fax machine was full of paper because, yeah, you know, yeah, again, no we're, we're, we're in, you know, a different age at that point, well, you
2: know? Well, yeah, totally, and it was all wholesale business. There was no direct business like today. I mean, today now everything's direct, you no. know, I mean.
1: And if so, somebody doesn't get an answer today, within 10 minutes, they're they're texting you again saying, hey, is everything all right? Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I mean, bud, why don't totally you just let good. me read your text message first, huh? Yeah. That, yeah, right. So the whole Ashworth thing kicks off. You uh, end up selling it out, and you had a non-compete, I assume, for a few years.
2: Yeah, I actually didn't really sell out. We were We became a public company very early on. Mm-hmm. We were a public company and that's all well and fine until it you know and then they you know you start getting making bad decisions based on you know quarterly reports and all that stuff and and that's why you know after 10 years i was a little bit kind of burnt out to be honest with you and um and we had brought in a like a a professional manager guy who i don't know he and i didn't get along you know he i, I We disagreed a lot. Mm -hmm. I finally got to a point where I was like, you know, I'm not having fun anymore. This isn't, this is like not what I signed up for, you know, and, uh, and I had a couple of, I had a really cool opportunity over in Scotland to to work on this golf course development. And, uh, so I decided to kind of take a sabbatical and sit here, you know, basically I basically resigned my position and I ended up never coming back, but, um, I thought I would come back someday, but, uh, it didn't really work out, but anyway. But I I went on to do stuff that I really wanted to do, and and the company still did good until it didn't it started. It kind of reached a and yeah. Lack it just of, kind of mm-hmm. yeah. They didn't. They weren't really. It was sort of going on fumes for a long time, and then boom, the shit hit the fan. And then and then you know they they did. I came back as a consultant uh, ten years later because it was so messed up. And, uh, it was, it wasn't too far beyond fixing, but, but they ended up selling it to Adidas who didn't do a great job of, you know, shining it up and, uh, they ended up selling it to some Chinese company, I think.
1: Well, then you start LinkSoul, which funny enough, I was introduced to LinkSoul when you first started by... uh, a good friend of yours, and I, Michael Sims, which mm. Simsy right. is the is the best, and uh, yeah. he gave me a, a Linksole hat, and I still have that hat, which it was it's awesome, a little pinstripe, a uh, little Linksole hat. But you start Linksole. How did you come up with the whole idea of Linksole Link soldiers?
2: Yeah, it's uh, you know, I mean, as we all know, golf is just amazing game to connect people. It is. And, uh, you know, in so many different ways. And it's, it's a game that's so deep and so rich. And, and uh, you know, in a way, it's a bit, it's a bit kind of been hijacked a little bit by professional golf because it's so much deeper than that. Everybody kind of lives and dies on that a little too much from to me. But I love recreational golf, like the LS2 man's, like we do, uh. and, you know, just... You know, just out at you know Hill Park. I mean, here's not to get sidetracked, but yesterday I played golf with Byron Scott, mm-hmm. Matt Janella, and two of Byron Scott's buddies from L.A. And we had such a we had such a ball on the golf course. And where on earth would five people like that get together and mm-hmm. spend quality time? Yeah. It just wouldn't happen. Where yeah. are you going to go? I mean, it just you know that's the only you know. I, it kind of struck me. It you know it, it never ceases to amaze me how you know it's just a connection. You mm-hmm. know that uh, you never know where it's going to go, but it's usually typically always positive. You know, you're you're out in nature, and and yeah. you know you are just you know you're you know every it's you're suffering because it's such a hard. Game and you know everybody's suffering together, and then you yep. hit the occasional good shot, <laughs> you make some putts, and you know everybody's happy, and you know
1: you're, ch- you're anyway, chasing birdie, you're chasing birdies.
2: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, exactly. Like you show, exactly. So, um, but uh, I, you know, I don't know if you ever read Golf in the Kingdom. Do you ever read that book?
0: No, I have not. You read it, John? I have well,
2: not. You can't it's read. It's kind of a cool book. It's kind. Of, I know nobody reads anymore, but. It was written in 1972 by Michael Murphy and it's a really esoteric cool golf book. You should read it. And then he wrote a sequel called The Kingdom of Shivans Irons. So Ooh. in that book there's a line that says golf is what links the soul to the flesh. Mm. Which is you know that that always struck me and then I I just combined it to link soul, you know, and 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 basically for me, it's what, you know, golf links souls, basically, mm-hmm. is what it means to me, and uh, so many different ways, and so many, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, God, there's no, you know, it's, it's, it's there's no race, there's no religion, there's no, it's just uh-huh. golf, you know, and it's the truth, it's like, it's, it's hard, and it's, you know, and and it's, you know, but, everybody's got their own game, you know? Everybody's in control of their own game. They can do whatever they want with their game, you know? So
0: I do, I do have to agree with you. I think, I think the perception on golf, you use the word hijacked, and I think there's some truth behind that because I know for me personally, John, it's like if I'm on the golf course at 3 o'clock in the afternoon until sunset, there is no other place in the world I'd rather be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, coming down the stretch with the sun setting, you know, you're with your buddies, yeah. it's lax, you yeah. have, you have some music, you know, yeah. where can you, can you beat that? You can't.
2: Yeah. Where would you rather be? Nowhere. Right. Nowhere. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. And, I know. and the whole youth of golf, you know, with the younger golfers ever since Tiger and, but the, but the youth of golf right now, you know, it, it's created a different vibe within the golf world. And now we have other business ventures, you know, kind of, uh, extending off of that. Look at top golf for example. I mean it's it's just a glorified <laughs> driving range, but what it yeah. does is it invites it invites people yeah. who would say, I I never would golf before to hey, let's go hit top golf up. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. But, yeah. 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 For
0: sure. So getting back to, to Link Soul, you know, there is definitely a type of vibe that your company puts out. Uh, differently than any other clothing company out there that I, I see. And I'm I'm a huge supporter and fan of Link Soul. Uh always have been since since the inception of Link Soul. And I want to touch a little bit on, you know, your idea in terms of how you got the company to where it is today, some of the tour guys that you had to kind of round up and put in your corner. And touch briefly on, you know, your newest signing this year of 2021 with, with Bubba Watson. Like, how did that
2: happen? Yeah, that's a funny, that's a good one. But uh, but yeah, no, it's actually, Link Soul is also just an evolution of, uh, you know, of being able to design clothing and, and, you know, style and, you know, be a, you know, have that be an option for people. Because I did look around and, you know, for me, it was almost deja vu. It's like the clothing is now... It's kind of, you know, this is 10 years ago, let's say. I mean, it was still, you know, all the big athletic companies that make all the polyester stuff and it's all looks like a golf uniform instead of just Mm -hmm. something that's cool to wear, you know? So it all started back kind of the same with Ash, you know, Ashworth. So it was sort of like this deja vu feeling. And then I had spent a lot of time with my nephew, Jeff Cunningham, who's my partner and co-founder of Link Soul. Mm -hmm. You know, he's 15 years younger, but he kind of grew up really close to our family, and you know, we worked together on a couple other things. And and, and anyway, he he is an amazing artist, and he is responsible for uh, the visual presentation of our company uh, in terms of photography and t-shirt art and all that stuff. So I'm, in my mind, he's he's a bit of a genius. And mm-hmm.
0: uh, yeah.
2: You know, but we've had a chance to really you know dig into what we're about over the years and what we want to create and and he's you know thankfully he can bring all that to earth you know through his you know mouse you know mm-hmm. computer yeah and and we we can bring it to a three d you know point of view but so so you know, I felt like there was definitely some unfinished business in in just the vibe creating a mm-hmm. vibe and creating clothing that goes with that vibe and something that's inclusive and, and, you know, isn't country clubby mm-hmm. so much, I, you know, and that's fine, but I, you know, more, you know, and that's, that's kind of where, when, when we do talk about Goat Hill, it kind of, it, 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 it's, it's incre- incredible to have that reflection of, you know, a place that is, that is like that and inclusive like that. So, but then, you know, the, we took the stance on the tour thing. And again, you know, we started this on a shoestring budget, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like people were throwing money at us. It was right after the you know recession, and you know, like everybody's like, "Oh God, the world!" You know, even me too. Like the world really needs another clothing company, you know. So, yeah. but you was- know, we yeah. felt we felt like it did. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, yeah.
0: That's all that mattered you know? at that point. It's yeah. what you thought.
2: So our stance on the tour thing was like, you know, what we're not, we can't afford to pay anybody. I mean, if anybody wants to wear it and we, we, you know, that contacts us and we think they're good people, then, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give them clothes, you know? And so that was kind of our stance. We didn't really want to pay any guys to wear it. We wanted to be more recreational and more for the, you know, more for the average guy anyway. And, and, uh, we couldn't compete with, you know, guys getting paid a million bucks. Mm -hmm. How could we, you know? So, So that was kind of our stance. And and, and then oddly enough, I mean, right when we got started, Jeff Ogilvy contacts us because, hey, I saw your stuff. I'm not wearing anybody's clothes. I'd I'd rather wear your clothes than anybody else's. And we're like, oh, God, he's one of the coolest guys ever. So, yeah, okay, sure. And then, boom, Lucas Glover, same thing, you know, and he's such a great guy. And so right away we get two really, you know, major winners and kind of, you know, guys that I think are cool. And
0: yeah. Big time.
2: And then we've got we've gotten a handful of other, you know, younger guys and then, you know, and again, people that have approached us. Have you heard of the kid that played at Pepper He's like number one in the Sahala? He's an Indian kid.
1: Oh yeah, I saw that. I he, saw he's wearing your clothes.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. amazing and uh you know, so he's he's wearing his and then out of the blue, Bubba Watson's agent who I know, Yen Yen Speck, uh calls me and says Hey, you know, a couple months ago, and he's like, "Hey, you know, Bob is no longer with um, whatever the brand was. He was with, I think it was uh, Oakley. Yeah, it was Oakley. Mm-hmm. He's no longer with Oakley. He really likes what you guys are doing, and is wondering if you'd, if it would be, you know, if you would be interested in trying to figure something out." And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Yeah, you know, yeah, we, we'd be definitely interested. I we don't really we figure you something know, out." Yeah, we don't really have, you know, we don't have, I just want you to know up front, we don't like pay anybody or have money. He goes, no, you know, it's not part of the thing really. And, and it turns out that we were doing a round of financing and we're trying to raise some money. He ended up investing half a million bucks in the company. So not only are we not paying him, he, he's basically investing in the company, which is awesome. So I never met him before. And it turns out, you know, I was not one way or the other on Bubba Watson, but I really love the guy. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how nice he's been to us and what a great guy he was to hang out with and, mm-hmm. you know, and how much he does for charity and, you know, and how incredible of a ball striker he is, a yeah. shot maker. Yeah. And he came from a Muni background, and he's just a, he's a sweetheart of a guy. I really like him a lot. And so we're thrilled to have him. You know, we'll see where it goes. I think he still has a lot of gas in the tank and, and, and he does move the needle. I mean, people like to watch him Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. was, he was my mom. I told him, I go, you are my mom's favorite guy. Like, you know, (laughs) hands down.
1: That's so funny. Yeah. So, so you go from Bubba Watson. Now another person that you have that's in your building, a little behind the scenes, Peter Beams. This guy. Oh yeah. Beams. Is an absolute legend. And before you say anything about Beamers, I got the funniest story. So Bash and I come out to see you guys. This is probably what, Bash, five years ago? 2015. Yeah, Yeah, 2015. We come in. We're hanging out. Beams grabs a golf club, tells Bash here, grip it. Bash grips it. He said, you're a 15 handicap. Bash said, take 16 off that, bud. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh, Beams, he Sorry. said, what the hell? It looks like you're gra- riding a uh, Honda
1: motorcycle. I said, oh, man. <laughs> but this guy's uh, awesome. So what does, yeah. what does Beams bring to you? I mean, he, he's got so much knowledge.
2: Yeah, you know, he's just, uh, you know, he, he's just this, uh, yeah, sage of a guy, you know. He's been around the world. You know, he just brings that whole element of uh, the wise old owl you know? uh, And, um, you know, he's just, he's great to be around. He's, he's, uh, he's always positive. Mm -hmm. He's a bit crazy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but in a good way, but you know, you know, so. um,
0: Well, we all are a little uh, bit. uh, Yeah, uh, absolutely.
2: absolutely. You gotta be, you know, you gotta be a little crazy. Yeah. He's a golf savant though, too. I mean, you know, still to this day, you know, he's got, He's had one, he has one eye too, you know, he's got a glass eye in one of his no eyes. Way. But,
0: uh, yeah. I didn't even and, notice uh, that. Uh, yeah,
2: no, he doesn't, doesn't really show that much, but. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't pop it yeah, out. He, no, he doesn't pop it out.
0: <laughs> All right. Now, well, but, so uh, you, you got a whole good crew. I mean, I love your brother, Hank. I had the pleasure of getting to know your sister over the last couple of years playing out at uh, Pronghorn, which by the way, folks. Yeah uh pronghorn out in bend Oregon. Link's Hole puts on about four or five, six different what they call LS two man events. If you have an opportunity to take a buddy, take your fam, these are all family friendly events. Mm-hmm. These events will not disappoint. They are an absolute blast. And want to touch briefly, John, on you know, again, in the beginning of the the podcast I mentioned how you are an extremely humble, humble guy for all the success that you've had. All the people that are in your corner, again, people make everything what it is. But you have to have that visionary in place, and I do believe that is you. Kind of switch over and talk a little bit about how you took this Muni piece of property uh, in, in, I guess it's what, is that is that San Diego County? Uh, in yeah, t-
2: it's in Oceanside.
0: Okay, and how, how yep. it became Goat Hill Park. It's par 65, and uh, it, it, it's a great, great place for the community to get involved. So touch a little bit on that.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's been around since nineteen fifty two. It was actually originally a nine hole course, uh, regulation links. And it's literally right off the five freeway, you know. Yeah. On this little roly land you guys have been there, right? You guys have played it. I
0: personally have not played it. Oh. Uh, been there. Have <laughs> not played. Same thing okay. here. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. You know, kind of roly roly landscape, ocean views. You know, it's a beautiful piece of property, you know, and in today's world, it would never be built, uh, just because it's, you know, it's really a hundred million dollar piece of property in Southern California, you know? Wow. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, as the crow flies, it's about a mile from Link Soul, you know, we're in Oceanside, it's just over the hill. And, um, so we had just started the company and we, you know, we we've, we've i played it as a junior golfer back in the 70s, you know, and you know, so it's been around
0: Yeah, a little nostalgic. And,
2: uh, yeah. So, you know, we were, we started playing it again. Jeff and I would go up and play nine holes two, three times, a, you know, four times a week, you know, and mm-hmm. it was always in crappy shape, but the, it was fun to be up there. It was ten bucks to play or something you know it was not much to play and 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 we just saw it just progressively getting worse and worse and worse and they'd always like they had once talked about the San Diego Charger Stadium being on that site you know there so there was always kind of talk of it being developed and but the city owned it and it was protected by a municipality that said if it ever if it ever was going to get developed, it had to go to a vote of the people so so they put out an RFP on it. So all these de- big time developers were circling the wagons and we thought, God, we can't just sit back and let this happen. You know, I mean, this is, this would be a drag. I mean, here we are, you know, preaching all this stuff, and, you know, and we're literally a mile away and we, we got to do something. So we put together this, you know, little bullshit, you know, uh, proposal, but it was, but it was from our heart. It was very, but now it said, hey, we're going to save the golf course. We're going to fix it up. We're going, to, we're going to have it be the home of the North County Junior Golf. We're going to build a three-hole kids course. It's free for kids. Uh, you know, we're going to one day build a, you know, a, a, like a little clubhouse for special events and yada, yada, yada. So we insert this plan with all these other guys. They're going to build, you know, like housing developments and strip malls and all this stuff. And, uh, and we did this whole save goat hill propaganda thing with, you know, we got Bill Murray somehow to put a t-shirt on and, you know, Mark Wahlberg and, you know, Adam Scott, a bunch of golf, Charlie Hoffman, a bunch of local golfers. And, and we just, we kind of charged and went to the city council meetings and, you know, and sure enough, you know, everybody in the community got behind us and, and. And so the city council, but okay, you know, we're gonna have to go with this plan to save it. And I was like, "Holy shit! Now what are we gonna do? We, we don't, wow. you know, we, you know, we just started, like, all no, you know, Like, oh my god, you know, we had to come up with three and a half million bucks, and wow. then in the first two years, we got so damn lucky because of the drought in color in California. The California Water District had this plan that. They would get, like, if you were a homeowner, let's say at a thousand square feet of grass and you took it out and put rock in, or, you know, cactus or whatever, You took if you took your sprinkler system out, if you reduced your sprinkler system footprint, they would give mm-hmm. you $2 a square foot. Wow. Okay. You know, and so, but you could get a commercial, you could put in a commercial proposal. So I put in a commercial proposal for 27.3 acres. Wow, okay. Which came up to two and a half million bucks. Wow! So we got a grant for two and a half million bucks, to, which was great because the the irrigation system was from 1952 and it was like whack a mole. Yeah, you know? like it, was <laughs> it pops up like a hole. Every, yeah. yeah. So we were able to uh, redo the whole irrigation system and mainline. And anyway, it was all very fortunate, and uh, so we've been able to save it. Bottom line, I mean, awesome. we've been running now for seven years. Every year, we've had more rounds of golf. That you know, is so rad. COVID's, COVID's been amazing for golf, as you uh-huh. guys probably know. Amazing. Right. I mean, the year before, let me see, 2019, we did 28,000 rounds wow. in 12 months. And in 2020, we were closed the whole month of April, and we did 42,000.
1: Wow. That's unbelievable. That's, that's fantastic. That's so good to Isn't hear. is that crazy?
2: That is yeah. insane. And I mean, I'll
1: be honest. I, I follow you guys on Instagram, and it looks like the time of your life oh, when man. you're out there. Oh, I
2: love it. No, I mean, I tell people, you know, we did the save Goat Hill, but Goat Hill saved me, really, personally. Yeah. Like it's-
0: that is like the epitome of the show, chasing birdies. And we chase and birdies in life. You know, you're doing good things, yeah. and that's what it's about, man. It's, it's connecting the people, yeah. your passion. Uh, that's a really cool story. Par 65, so is it still nine holes?
2: No, it's eight, no, it's 18, 18 it's eighteen holes. It's eighteen holes. It's, it. it's, but- it's everything you want. I mean, it's it's a, it's the shot value is amazing. We have eight par threes. They're all different length, you know. So I mean, cool shots to hit the par threes, yeah. you know. And then there's there's one par five that's you know totally reachable, but it's still it'll jump up and bite you in the butt if you're not careful. And then there's <clears throat> there's nine par fours that are all between like three hundred and three forty. But they're kind of quirky, and the the green the greens are always really pretty good. And uh, you know, we fix it up. You know, we our whole motto is day by day. Like we're trying to fix it up every day. We're trying to do something positive. And,
1: do a little here, you know, we do a little there.
2: That, yeah, we built that three-hole kids course, which is just amazing. I mean, it's it's, it's so heartwarming mm-hmm. to drive up the driveway and you see these you know, parents and four-year-old yep. kids running around. You know, that a, that's so you know, good.
0: Good for yeah. you, man. That's good good juju, and that's that agronomy degree going to work.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, exactly.
0: Uh, so we're going to transition into the last part of the pod. By the way, dude, 65, man. You shot 65 through 12 the other day at Pinehurst. You'd be right on par. <laughs> um, yeah, would be right on par. Transition right now to the last segment of the podcast uh, with Jonathan. It's called the Tap-In segment. So basically, John, John Jonathan's going to ask you uh, about four or five different questions with your one-line response and um i'll hand it over to jp
1: yeah the tap-in segment is brought to you by 44 concierge they are the premier concierge company for professional athletes started by current nhl vet nate thompson 44 make sure that all the moving parts of an athlete's life are organized and handled so you just worry about scoring the winning goal or draining that birdie putt 44 make sure their athletes enjoy more and worry less check them out at 44 concierge.com all right john here we go first one Tacos or burritos? Tacos. Mm. I'm a taco
2: guy myself, so.
0: Carne a California burrito, though. You can't beat that.
2: Yeah.
0: All right.
1: Persimmon.
2: Oh, uh, our link Soul. I, I play them with the goat exclusively. Love it. Yeah, I saw a yeah. picture with that. Yeah, I don't even think twice about that's in my bag. But if I go to a big course, I I I'm not opposed to taking a medal, but I? I do pick up an extra 25. I
1: I've, I I've, I've had a persimmon on order through Hammer for about 2 years now, so I'll just wait for oh, that one.
2: Oh, really? Damn, Man, you got you're going to the Ron Ashford, right. brother, man. I, I know. <laughs> uh,
1: all right, number 3, your favorite major.
2: Uh Open Championship by a mm. mile. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's kind of that Link Soul yeah. feel as yeah. well. Um,
2: the OG, man. So. It is.
1: Yeah, it is. All right, the last one, and, and then you're out of here. Skater or surfer? Surfer. Yeah, well, for all the listeners, Link Soul makes the best golf short out there right now um, and the Boardwalker. And that's the beauty about it. You can go surfing or you can go peg it up a goat hill chasing birdies25 over at
0: linksold.com
1: and please go check them out check them out at linksoul.com and go check out goathillpark.com because it is really cool story Mm -hmm. and they're doing a lot of good out in San Diego really good Um, John thank you so much Uh, you're an absolute beauty and uh, enjoy your sunny day out there yeah appreciate your time John and
2: I wish you guys all the best man good talking to you
0: always good and we'll see you soon bye guys take care cheers thanks bye what a hell of an episode that was. He's awesome. Yeah. Such, such a cool guy, man. I mean, like I said in the beginning of that that episode, he's extremely humble. He's done extremely well. And you would never know it. Yeah. You know?
1: I've never played Goat Hill, and I want to get out there. Yeah. I want to get the boys out there. You know, maybe we head out there 2022, take a bunch of guys out there, and we and we play the uh, Goat Hill Park. Part, yeah. Part three.
0: Do a little Cali loop. Now it's
1: good operation. I might be able to break part for once. Yeah.
0: Well, it's tough for you, but you and I are trending in the right direction right now, so that's all we got to say, okay? Just <laughs> so leave it at that. Oh. All right. We are yeah. ready. Yeah. So we're good. But listen, everyone, uh, appreciate uh, the listens today. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Chasing Birdies with John Ashworth. And I think we'll be back here in a week, uh, dropping another episode.
1: Yeah, uh, May 6th, we're going to do... A uh, little banter session of, of Mr. Bash Mr. Peppy. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Next Thursday, May 6th, another episode. And then the week after that, we're going to fire off JT Miller. Yeah. But man. we'll get into that a little bit later. So, yeah, alright you All right, y'all. Have a good weekend.
0: Good week. Thanks for listening. And thanks to our production partners at Simpler Media for putting this together.